Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 13 of the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Grove Silver Eagles, the McFarland Spartans, the Deerfield Demons, and the Cambridge Blue Jays. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I cover Sun Prairie East and West. Marshall Waterloo, a little curveball today. Yeah, I changed, changed it up. Stuff and up. <laughs> Peter, go for it. Man, it's snowing today, and he's changing the rules of the game. Uh, I, uh, my name is Peter Lindblad. I cover the Wanaki Warriors, DeForest Norskis, the Lodi Blue Devils, and the Poinette Pumas. Boy, I threw you guys off badly. Normally, oh my normally I go around and I point to Peter first, but I was, th- I was driving home, and I was like, the other day, and I was like, Man, I could change it up, and I wonder if I could actually get him, and it actually worked. I nope. couldn't believe it. Ready to go. I was ready, though. Not a, not a beat miss there, and the show is a, a, officially a teenager. Yeah, a 13. Yeah, that is a good point. 13, uh, 13 years uh, of a podcast. Couldn't believe it. But, yeah, no, it's a, what a crazy time. Yeah, um, and it, it, it's a special one, too, because now it officially means that fall sports are officially done yep. Um, yeah. for us, at least. Um, but yeah, so it, this episode 13 carries a little bit of, you know, significance to it, but I thought it would just kind of be nice since, you know, obviously fall was a crazy time and, you know, football obviously dominates a lot of things. I thought it would just kind of be nice to just kind of go over some of the big, our biggest takeaways from the fall season and just kind of hit on either a team we weren't able to address because, you know, it's hard when, you know, you've got four football teams for each of us to, to discuss. So that's 12 football teams. And in a span of 30 minutes, it's kind of gets a little hard to kind of hit on some of those other teams. So I thought it would just be kind of nice to go around and just, you know, talk about kind of what caught your eye this year and what was fun about the season and just kind of your overall thoughts on it. So Ryan, I want to start with you since, you know, it seemed like you had a lot of things to cover. Yeah, I'll just start with one of them just so I don't dominate like the next 10 minutes of the pod. <laughs> but uh, one that definitely jumped out to me was the Sun Prairie East boys soccer team, mainly because of expectations coming into the season. Just because, you know, Coach Talk Kim is always going to keep it real with you. He's always going to be, you know, very honest about his expectations for the team. Coming in, into the year, he was like, you know, we lost a lot of guys to West that we expected to be main leaders for us. We lost, I mean, they, I think they lost nine guys to graduation uh, in the year prior, so it was already going to be a rebuilding year, and then he lost a lot of his key pieces over to West, and so coming into the year, he's like, you know, as long as we're playing good soccer by the end of the year, I'll be happy, but let's not let's not get too crazy here, and you know, East ends up going three, three, and four in the Big Eight and ties for sixth place, which you know, if you would have told Coach Talk that before the season, I think that he would have been very pleased with that result, and uh, their senior goalkeeper uh, Carson Ganters. A, a strong candidate to be All-State. I think that he is a, a pretty good claim at that. He was uh, picked up first-team All-Conference honors for the second straight season. So absolute success for him. And then uh, sophomore Lucas Albright uh, managed to crack that super-loaded lineup from tw- from 2021 of Sun Prairie proper high school uh, as a defense as a defensive back. Now he get, moves into the midfield more, in, more involved in the team, ends up with 11 goals to lead the team as just a sophomore. And so... You know, the, the future is very bright for what was coming into the year, a very young, inexperienced team that maybe the, the the bar wasn't set too high for. But, I mean, those Cardinals just jumped right over it this year. I was very impressed with what they did. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. What was just kind of what something that caught your eye off for the fall sports season? Well, um, you go through uh, some of these things I've already mentioned. Uh, you know, Wanakee's Izzy Stricker winning the state golf title, um, Wanakee cross-country team making it to state. Um, but I, I, I guess the one team that, that 
did pretty well and kind of went under the radar a little bit was the Wanakee volleyball team. You know, they ended up winning the, the Badger East, which is no small feat in and of itself. Right. Um, they had an honorable mention All-State player in Ali Sala, um, who led the team in kills, uh, kill rate, and digs, you know, which, I mean, that's wow. that's some good all-around play. And they had some other really good players, too. Summer Grigg was really good, um, you know, as far as a, a hitter and all-around player, too. She had a, she was good with digs, too. They also had a big hitter in Addison Janice. Um, so they were, you know – Talking to Coach Danker, you know, before the season, she thought they'd be really good, and and they were. They faced a lot of tough competition, went to a lot of uh, tough tournaments over weekends. You know, they ended up uh, before the season, uh, they they got into the postseason. They went to a tournament in Illinois and faced some really strong competition. Uh, Coach Danker is from Illinois, so she knows what uh, the volleyball is like there, and it's it, they play at a pretty high level. Um, so they did really well, and you know, congratulations to Coach Danker. She got her 600th win this year too. Uh, you know, she's uh, she's another uh, one of those coaches who tells you like it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> which we always appreciate. And uh, so it was nice to see her get her 600th win, and and to see them do well. I know their ultimate goal, you know, was to to go to state. I, I think. You know, Coach Denker thought that maybe they had the, the right stuff to do that. They, they had a lot of people coming back from last year. I think they had like eight of their top ten players uh, coming back from last year. Um, you know, and it, they did well. I just probably, you know, part of the problem is, you know, you, you get to the postseason and you just have that one bad night, and that's what happened to them. They, they played really well. Um, uh, I think it was against Edgewood. And probably one of their best matches of the year. And then the next game, I think they played Middleton, and it just nothing was working. So it's kind of the way it goes in the postseason. Yeah, I think for me, just probably like one of my biggest takeaways from the season for Cambridge and Deerfield and just kind of all the schools there was just like the improvement that I saw uh, from last year. So uh, I took over for as the sports writer for Cambridge Deerfield uh, like right away, right before the fall season got underway in 2021. And so uh, I, the cross country team had a solid year and, you know, swim had a couple of uh, swimmers go to state. But other than that, you know, it was kind of a tough year for a lot of the teams. Uh, Deerfield Cambridge football both missed postseason. Deerfield Cambridge volleyball only had a couple wins and same with the boys soccer program. But this year, uh, it was just kind of a, you could just see the improvement. Boys soccer was probably like the biggest one where, you know, I saw where they had uh, the biggest improvement. They were over 500 at one point this year and ended up just under 500 after the playoff loss. Just a uh, all round solid improvement from the United squad. Uh, but then also to volleyball as well too. Uh, Taylor Blower takes over as head coach for the Demons. Also to United had a new head coach, uh, Matt Carlson as well too. So it was like, not only was it like, first-year head coaches taking or taking over basically for the programs uh they were able to write the ship Deerfield Volleyball was able to get a couple more wins as well too this year and I know Cambridge Volleyball kind of had a tough go to start off this uh the year but they were kind of able to turn it around a little bit they got a win against Deerfield so it's always good to get a crosstown rivalry win like that and they also gave Marshall a battle uh in the first uh matchup at regionals i went to that match for a little bit and they kind of had Marshall. they were hanging tough for it a little bit they ended up getting swept but it was still one of those things where it's like a younger team you just see the improvement and then deerfield was able to make the playoffs for football you know which was great to see because that was kind of you know 
uh, a team with more senior leadership and they're picked to get last in the trailways as well too so they defied some expectations and even Cambridge football you saw the pieces that were there that for the young team uh, that's going to be around next year so I thought it was just really interesting that the you know just kind of like the whole fall season just showed a bunch of improvement and even swim as well too like they you know had kind of the same swimmers go to state this year but they meddled in every event that they're at this year in state mm-hmm. and you know jordan davis wins the 100 yard butterfly for division two mm-hmm. so just an impressive showing there and then zoe rank got second i believe in uh the brush stroke or it was the individual medley one of the two but just uh yeah just all around just a, a lot more fun year like covering cambridge deerfield sports where i was like man like every sport's just seems to be firing on all mm. cylinders did you guys have anything else like that where it was like you just had either a sport that was just firing on all cylinders or just kind of something that you saw improvement on i wouldn't say improvement in uh sun prairie west girls golf as much as like setting the precedent for the wolves coming into this athletic season because you know what can you expect from a, a, a school with all new programs across the board and you know sun prairie west girls golf really set the pace for them uh, within the first two weeks of competition they put the first trophy in the trophy case by winning the Watertown Invitational, and then they turn right around, and they, you know they, they take up they take second in the Big Eight. Uh, they they had this stellar group of four seniors with the the Royal Twins uh, Isabel and Sophia, Rebecca Perko, and Asia Flood, and they were able to really hit the ground running. Uh, they take second in the Big Eight behind Middleton, which you know no shame in that because Middleton's a a state power year in and year out. And then uh, they have the first uh, WIA state tournament success. They take fourth at the Reedsburg Sectional to or. Reedsburg Regional to get to sectionals. It's it's flipped in golf. It's odd, but uh, <laughs> you know it's um they, they definitely deserve their flowers for setting the pace for what to expect from fall sports. And I think that uh, a lot of different sports at Sun Prairie West kind of took that lead and carried with it as they found immediate success. Yeah, I think what was also interesting too was you know when we had the split that happened at Sun Prairie. You, you know, it's just kind of like you, you kind of think like mm, how's this team gonna handle it and all that. Sun Prairie West just all around like you know like you talk about with girls golf but it's like football made you know uh postseason you know boys soccer had a solid year and you know it just kind of seemed like it was still some prairie of old basically it seemed like but now it's just duplicated Mm -hmm. (laughs) it always makes you think like man what would have been if it was still just sun prairie proper because you know you think about sun prairie east and west managed to finish at the middle or near the top of the big eight in most of the of the fall sports this year and you just think about like you know if the team that finished higher had a couple of the pieces from the team that finished a little bit lower where would they kind of stack up and it's uh you know it's a it's a what if question what if question that'll never be answered but really goes to show just the depth of talent in the sun prairie community that you can you can split that team into two and they're still out here finishing near the top of one of the most you know, hard to compete in conferences in the state. Yeah, well, it was just so interesting, too, being at State Swim and, like, just not having a whole lot of, like, Sun Prairie kids because I just remember yeah. going for mm-hmm. Boy Swim and it was, like, Sun Prairie was in every relay, every event, basically, and then I was like, oh, man, like, this is, like, my one shot literally to shoot Sun Prairie East or yeah. something like that. And I was, <laughs> But, I mean, those kids handled it great. And especially, too, it's, like, it's west as well too like and you know east obviously you lose a bunch of kids and you know you could lose you know your friends and all that stuff but like west you know new environment new structure all that so i thought just the kids handled it great and peter obviously you didn't have any splits or anything like that but just kind (laughs) of 
What were your thoughts <laughs> Thank on Thank goodness. <laughs> you know, I mean. Yeah, Wanakee's going to split into a Wanakee North and a Wanakee <laughs> South. Have fun They're with growing. That. <laughs> they are growing. But, yeah, I mean, it was a typical year for Wanakee football. I mean, conference champions, you know, undefeated regular season. Um, fairly deep playoff run. I mean, probably the most memorable uh, thing about that season was, I think, Robert Booker's uh, touchdown catch with about 18 seconds left in the level two playoff win against Middleton. Um, there were some close early games with DeForest um, and Middleton as well. Um, but, you know, they really got things going. Their defense was great. Um, you know, they had a, a number of kids get all region and all state. Um, so, you know, kind of a typical year there. I think the big surprise was Lodi, uh, Lodi football, finishing 9-3. and three. Uh, A lot of people thought didn't really give them much of a chance in a tough Capital North conference. And, uh, you know, I think it was the 21-7 to win over Lakeside Lutheran. I think it was in maybe week three, week two, uh, that kind of let everybody know, hey, Lodi's for real this year. And, you know, they, they played really good defense, and they had a really fun dual-threat quarterback to watch in Mason Lane. They had good receivers. They had good backs. Um, and they're going to be a handful next year because they got a lot of people coming back. You know, and DeForest, um, you know, they start off 0-3. I, you know, a lot of people were shocked, a lot of hand-wringing, I think, over that. But they got on a seven-game winning streak. And uh, Carter Morrison with the, you know, the – people maybe by now know the story of his amputated fingers he has a four interception night he makes honorable mention all state as a defensive back i mean that's an incredible story um i think it you know as far as other stories uh you know uh izzy stricker you know winning the state title is great but he the story of how she did it to come from four strokes back on a day with bad weather leaves are falling all over the place that you know it's one thing you don't really think of with golf to have to deal with but yeah. a lot of the golfers were having to deal with that and she got through it and you know she she hit a double bogey and then birdied like the next four holes i mean that's you know and considering her pedigree you know with her dad being steve stricker you know she talked a lot about how her dad kind of told her how to get over those kind of situations by using your mistakes as motivation. Uh, that was just a, a great story. And then a lot of cross-country, uh, um, you know, great things for local schools. You know, DeForest Boys win their second straight conference championship. Elijah Pabon wins uh, the individual championship uh, uh, for uh, uh, for the conference. Um, you know, Wanakee girls win the sectional. They, they get the individual sectional winner in Sienna Whipperfer. They do well at state, better than they've ever done. Uh, Poinettes, uh, Tannis Crawford also, um, you know, he, he finished 45th at state, but he trimmed a, a minute nine seconds off his time from the previous year. And that's that's pretty amazing, I, I would think. So in a second trip. Um, so, you know, a lot of a lot of good things happened. Uh, some surprises, some maybe not surprises in my area. But, uh, you know, some, some pretty interesting stuff happened this fall. Yeah, I got to say, Wanaki making the postseason surprised me. So, you know. Shock. Yeah. Shocking. Shock. But for me, it just a surprise. Like, every sport for, like, McFarland and uh, Monona Grove was just good this year. Yeah. Uh, both football teams made postseason. Both boys soccer teams won regionals. Uh, and Monona Grove boys soccer especially, like, really picked it up this year. They were a lot of fun to watch uh, in, with, like, watching them and everything like that. Uh, and then boys soccer for McFarland, you know, they lost so many pieces. And, you know, 
Coach Ziggler was his first year as head coach, and they struggled to start off the year, but they kind of figured things out. You know, midway through the season, they were able to get some wins, and, you know, like I said, they won regionals and then cross-country, both sent runners to state. McFarland boys just qualified uh, as their own. Monona Grove girls were just super dominant this year. And then, you know, tennis, same thing, you know, uh, just a bunch of great uh, players there. Monona Grove sent the four players to state and just – you know girls golf again you know both were very solid both all made it to sectionals and uh or mcfarland sent individual qualifiers Monona grove as a team and just there is no down team basically there is like no covering a three-win team and <laughs> yep. you know even like Monona grove volleyball had like uh some like fun moments where it was like you know i think back to the comeback reverse sweep against the forest or mm you know, winning uh, a couple of invitationals here and there. And McFarland able to, you know, be very strong. Gwen Kroll, uh, senior middle hitter for uh, the Spartans, caps off his strong career. And it actually even became, was an honorable mention for uh, a national All-American mm-hmm. uh, as well, too, in volleyball. Wow. So that was uh, really cool to see. And, yeah, and then even swim as well, too, just uh, both sent swimmers to state. Monona Grove broke a couple records and uh, – McFarland was able to get back after graduating a large senior class and they were able to sh- keep shaving off their times and uh bro- had some personal bests and even dropped times as well too going from sectionals it's always fun too learning about you know each sport a little bit more and you know one of the things coach Garvia told me for you know like they go so hard at sectionals and then it's like they have to like taper and rest and all that stuff and then retry to you know go hard again at mm. state and so i just thought that was kind of interesting but they all handled it well yeah. so yeah that was just a fun year a fun or not a fall, fun year but like a fun fall semester i feel like for yeah. you know everyone and it was quite enjoyable weather was good you know yeah. we kind of talked that was the best part yeah, yeah we kind of <laughs> exactly. talked you know a little bit about you know friday night footballs being you know good weather but just Nothing I could complain about. If you guys got anything to complain about with the fall season, go for it. But I don't have anything to complain about. No complaints, no. 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 Uh, well, yeah, just a fun, uh, like I said, fun year. Can I uh, throw a shout-out to uh, to some of my smaller schools? I forgot to get them involved here, Go too. for it. Go for <laughs> it. But uh, just, uh, it, it would be, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the improvement I saw out of Waterloo and Marshall in cross-country this year. Because uh, you mentioned how it's not fun writing about bad teams. And uh, that was the case last year for both of these programs. I mean, typically, they, they would if you search for Waterloo or Marshall in the in the results, you'd find about four highlighted names in the bottom, you know, ten of the of the race, which is never fun for anybody. I, no one likes to write about that. No one likes to be running like that. But you know, uh, Laura Grossman comes in for Marshall. Kelsey Burback comes in for Waterloo, and just there's this immediate turnaround where all of a sudden there's three, four racers for both teams that are finishing, you know, top 30s, top 20s. And Waterloo and Marshall, which were typically, you know, bottom of every invitational that they were at, they're climbing. And even in the postseason, both Waterloo and Marshall with uh, teams that they could qualify in, Marshall didn't have enough runners to qualify in the girls' race. But we're we're far from the bottom. I I think Waterloo took fourth in the boys in their sectional. And just – a, a very marked market improvement from uh, from last season. It's uh, inspiring to see, and it's a lot of young players that are pushing that for uh, both Marshall and Waterloo. So it's uh, very inspiring to see them kind of just make this immediate turnaround where they're, you know, suddenly competent and and pushing other teams. And it was very cool to see. Yeah, there's just nothing better to like write. Like it's always funny when like 
you know like it we for, as like uh, you know people that obviously read our articles like we know like what's going on with the teams like you know mm-hmm. we like may not like seem like it or something like sometimes in our articles but like we notice like right away like oh this team's like doing better than like last year and you can and it's and it's fun like noticing the swing because it's like like who doesn't like seeing a team show improvement like there's nothing i want all my teams to go undefeated all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah i want my teams to show deep improvement i always like when they get knocked (laughs) off the pedestal no it's it was just it's just always fun where it's like and then like you look back on the stuff and it's like man like there's just so many like good things right about like just can't complain yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I am gonna actually have to reverse gears and do some complaining here because we are gonna move <laughs> on to our state football picks because we talked a little bit last week <laughs> doing some picks uh, for the. I don't know what you're talking about. I did great for the yeah. game. Right? Yeah. So if anyone <laughs> wants to go back and listen, apparently I forgot to ask Peter on a couple of them or something like that. But yeah, I'm sure he would have went perfect on yeah, those because Peter. Well, I just I picked the games to not mention that I had no idea mm-hmm. about. So now, that's, Cal, that was the secret to my success. Cal rigged it, obviously, <laughs> and he, he wanted to see you fail, but instead you just succeeded. That's right. Yeah, that's so right. Peter went undefeated in his picks, and then Ryan and I were basically the same, but like kind of different results. Yep. So I went really good on the uh, smaller schools, which I find hilarious, and then you went really good on the larger schools, which kind of makes sense because, you know, some prairie being up there and yep. you, you kind of know a little bit more probably it about shows it the I depth went. of your research cal yeah, yeah. he just I, cares more <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i went undefeated in the top four divisions and the wheels fell off <laughs> at the bottom three and yeah it's just hilarious that like my reasoning was i think for d7 i picked regis just because of regis philbin and Which like one for you and that one and you know that <laughs> helped and it's and then like the one little bit of research i did on cashton was like oh i know like the most bottom they lost so mm-hmm. i found it kind of hilarious but i'm excited though because i want to do some state picks so ryan i'm assuming you probably have the state football schedule up uh, for the teams because I'm drawing a blank on who plays. <laughs> I absolutely do. I got them all here. All right, perfect. Want, want me to take over hosting yes. segment for this? Yes, <laughs> you go over hosting. All right, here it. we go. So we'll start in Division One, obviously. Number three, Kimberly versus number two, McGuanago. We'll start with Peter. What do you got? Since I'm you go- didn't ask him last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Kimberly. I, you know, that's the team I, I've watched. I think that'll be a, a great game. It'll be interesting to see if Winstang can run wild yeah. against Kimberly. Uh, but, you know, Kimberly has a – they got a really balanced team. I, you know, watching them against Wanaki, great quarterback, great running back, good receivers, and a really stingy defense. So I, I, I'm going to give the nod to Kimberly. I'm going to go with uh, – see, it's funny. I think I got both of these games wrong for Division One, So uh, I think I'm going to have to go with McGuanago. Uh That was a dumb move on my part, being worried about <laughs> Winstang getting shut down. Um, against Sussex uh, because he did not. I think he over had like already 100 yards in the first quarter or something like that. So that clearly proved me wrong. So uh, I'm going to go with McGuanago, uh winning the Division One championship. I'm going to have to ride with uh, Peter here and go with Kimberly as well. They were my pick last week, and uh, nothing really changes here. I, I've seen McGuanago up, up, up close in person. I saw them beat a very good Sun Prairie East team. But uh, I, I have to agree that Kimberly just seems so well-rounded and so – talented and nothing like a three seed i think that you can see that number three and kind of get deceived but this is a a, a top t- top caliber team and uh they're gonna be my selection yeah i kind of wonder how they got seated so low 
Um, yeah. But I didn't look too yeah. much into it. Yeah. I've also I've yeah. also learned too in like every tournament, no matter how good you do it, no matter what you do for mathematics, like yep. someone's gonna get a lower seat, someone's gonna get a higher mm-hmm. seat, and you just yep. kinda yep. have to roll with it. Yep. yep, that's what Kimberly's done. They've yeah. beaten who they needed to, and here they are. Definitely. Yep. Uh popping down to division two, we have number one seed Kettle Moraine and number three seed West Pair. Oh, I actually got both these right for Division Two. Good job, Kettle. Um I'm gonna go with Kettle Moraine on this one. Uh you know, they beat some very East, and you know they've just got a really great quarterback and just really great players, just kind of all around. So I feel like the everything's rolling for Kettle Moraine. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm going to go with Kettle Moraine too, and I think they've had three losses this year, but they lost to Fond du Lac, Arrowhead, and Muskego. I yeah, mean, that, no shame in that, that is a gauntlet. So I mean, talk about tested. You know, the, what is the saying? You know, iron. You know, forges iron or whatever. Yep. Iron sharpens I mean, iron. Iron sharpens iron. There you go. I mean, they got the iron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll agree there, just because they scraped out that win against Sun Prairie East, and then they really had to scrape for one against Brookfield Central too. So you've seen that they can, you know, dog out wins instead of just riding Chase Spellman to big passing games. So uh, I, I keep my confidence in Kettle Moraine to win that one. Uh, down to Division Three, number number one seed Monroe, number one seed West Salem. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Monroe here. I, like I said last week, been the top team in D3 all year. No reason to change that now. Yeah, This is tough for me. I have a friend whose last name is Salem. and uh, <laughs> The anecdotes again. This is definitely a tough one, but I think I got to go with Monroe just because they just have so many good runners and yeah. just a very strong offensive line. I expect them to just continue to run all the way to the trophy peter what about you yeah i i mean you can't really bet against monroe they won 48 to 6 last week yeah so i mean i, I gotta go with monroe too in level four yeah we didn't right i mean geez, geez that's, louise uh, that's pretty impressive all right uh, second straight battle number one's down in division four catholic memorial and columbus cal well, see, what was funny is last week I went against Catholic Memorial, and you guys thought I was nuts, and that was actually a, a really, really game. tight game. Yeah. <laughs> On my notes, I had Columbus winning the whole thing, and I think I got to stick with Columbus. You know, I decided that I was going to roll with them just because they went through the Capital Conference so yeah. good, and at this point I have made my bed, and I'm going <laughs> to... Like, it has been made for me. I might as well go with Columbus at this point. I, I never make my bed. But, uh, I <laughs> Nor am do gonna, I. I'm going to go Nor with Nor do Catholic. I either. I, I, am, I was so tempted to pick to change my mind because I think last week I said Catholic Memorial was going to win it all. Uh, but you know, Columbus has a great running back in Colton Brunel, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Catholic Memorial. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Catholic Memorial as well. Just um, no, no, no shade to Columbus. Fantastic season, fantastic yeah. roster. Catholic Memorial is just a, a just just a hair above, and so we pop pop down to Division Five here. Number one Mayville, number three Aquinas. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mayville. Uh, you know, just stud running back. Uh, expect them to ride it all the way. Yep, Mayville. Yep, riding with Mayville as well. Not much to be said there. Down to D6, number two Mondovi, number two Stratford. I love how I just see now we're now we're yeah. in my wheel where it's like now <laughs> this, i'm in your cal now i'm in your guys's head uh yeah i'm gonna have to go with mondovi on this one i had them uh pick to win the whole thing and they're continuing to ride and you know they rolled past marshall so i expect mondovi to win it all yeah i'm gonna go with mondovi too they got a really good back in dawson rude 24 tds 1700 yards rushing it's pretty impressive yeah i saw that man run all over uh, yeah. marshall back in uh, level three and 
he just runs with such ferocity. Is it? Yeah. He, you're not going to get to tackle him easy. And so <laughs> I made the mistake of picking against Mondovi last week, and so I will give them the edge in the state title here against Stratford. <laughs> then the last game we got here, D7, uh, Shockton, uh, number two seed, number one seed, Regis of e- of Eclair. Cal, are you going to keep riding with the Philbins? See, it's so tough because it's <laughs> like because it's like Shyock. <laughs> That might actually be my next fantasy football <laughs> name. Like, you joke about it. I might have to do it. Shyockton uh, beat Cashton, who I had to pick to win the whole thing. But at the same time, like, Regis hasn't let me down yet. And no. I just got to go. I'm going to go with Regis then. Well, you look at the scores of their postseason games, 57 63-8, I'm not betting against Regis. I'm going with Regis. Who else does Shy Octon have to beat for people to believe in this team? Regis. If they beat Regis, they don't believe in him. They beat Cambria Friesland the week before. I'm still riding with Shy Octon. I got them in D7. I got them over Regis. Well, hey, what up? Well, I'm, I really enjoyed this. I say we do this for, like, state basketball Absolutely. and all the yeah. other stuff, and uh, this was a lot of fun. And got we got to try to find a way to get – people involved with this as well too i know i had kind of joked about like you know give out like if someone is able to go perfect or something on them we give out free newspaper subscriptions to a year or something <laughs> like that for them i do obviously i do not get to make the call on that but we got to find a way to get uh some people involved on this yeah. we should do some sort of like poll or something like that but yeah what, a, what again a fun fall some a fun fall uh, season for everybody and looking forward to winter yep Absolutely. Before we go, I uh, got to give a shout out. I forgot her name last week, but Peyton Ross won a key signing to play lacrosse at right. Northern Michigan. So I just wanted to get that in there. Uh, plus, a couple of big things DeForest Max Weisbrod scored 18 points in the second game for NMU. Aliyah Grandal from DeForest scored 1,000 points from UW Whitewater. Oh, Aliyah Grandal, yeah. I, she was really solid for Whitewater. So yeah. I went there. So that's going to do it, though, for this week's edition of the Cap City Sportscast. We'll see you next time. Thank you.